Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode seven of the Let's Go Show with Soups, where we sit down and we and we talk about so many things going on in the world of entertainment. Today, I am joined once again by my boy, Editor Gio, and we have a pretty fun episode today. Bro, G- Gio always has such a fun way of entering the pod. I'm going to switch it up every time. That's what's going to keep him coming back. Last of Us has just been renewed for season two. Let's talk about it because I've been loving the show so far. The show has been dominating. Uh, apparently, it had like an extreme amount of increased uh, viewership from episode one to episode two. Whereas for a lot of shows, you know, there's usually a, v- a viewer drop off between episodes one and episodes two. But with The Last of Us, the viewership increased and the show has absolutely been dominating the the ratings and the v- like views and it's been dominating everywhere. So now HBO has just announced that La- The Last of Us has just been renewed for a season two. And I think one thing that's important to remember is that the, the entirety of the first game is being adapted with season one. So now with season two, we are diving into The Last of Us part two. You kind of just had to be there because this was one of the most controversial is was is one of the most controversial games in history. You know, th- this game like takes some very big swings and makes some pretty crazy story decisions. I think there's some story decisions that are absolutely insane, but there's some that are absolutely brilliant. So now with uh, the HBO adapting The Last of Us Part 2, I think it's going to be very interesting to see the way they adapt this game because HBO has already been through the controversy of Game of Thrones Season 8. And after analyzing and seeing how controversial the game was and how, I guess, outraged a lot of fans were, I think HBO is going to take the time to truly, I guess, flesh things out a lot more to try to make a certain story decision not so damaging to the story of The Last of Us. I, that's probably a really bad way to put it. But, you know, if you have got, if you guys have played the games, if you guys know what's up, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, that there's a certain death that is going to outrage a lot of a lot of people and i think you know the with season 1 of the last of us so far we're, we're only two episodes deep they've taken so many elements from the original game and have fleshed them out a lot more and they've added to the story they've added to the background of certain characters and in some ways they've you know they've built on what the game did and they've made it even better so now as we move forward you know past the last of us season 1 with the last of us season two now that they're adapting the last of us part two i think you know hbo is really going to take their time and they're going to go they're going to flesh out the story a lot more if i'm being honest i wouldn't be surprised and i hope this is the case i wouldn't be surprised if they split up the last of us part two with two more seasons so so like that they don't have to cram the entirety of the last of us part two story in one season I think they should split it up into two seasons. But Gio, we're getting The Last of Us season two. What are your thoughts, bro? Well, to kind of touch on what you just said about part two came out and they're not going to want to rush it because they want more episodes. I'm pretty sure The Last of Us is making a part three to their video games, which is coming out in like, what, like 2025, 2026 or something like that. So it sounds to me like Craig Mazin and uh, Neil Druckmann, they got a freaking game plan. They know exactly what they're doing. They know... 100% 100% the vision for this show. It, it seems to me like they already got spinoffs in their minds because the way that the episodes are starting, Matt, where it starts off with like a little bit of like what was happening during 2003 because that's when the, the fungus pandemic, fungemic took place. Like I said in the last episode, 
I've been dying to play the games since the first one came out. Can't get a PlayStation since all that time. So now I think it kind of benefited me because I'm going to be the one that's really enjoying the show because every twist, everything that happens, I'm not going to know shit because I didn't play the game. So there's going to be a lot of more people out there like me that's, that's watching the show that doesn't know what's going on. It's really going to appreciate it. So I, I think it's going to be great. No, nah, dude, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of you because even though I'm so grateful to have played the game and the game is fantastic and I think everyone should play the game because, you know, the last, the original, like the first, The Last of Us, that is one of the greatest games of all time. And, you know, I'm now I'm kind of jealous because so many people are experiencing the beauty of this story for the first time through the HBO series. And, you know, I, I you know, as a Last of Us fan, I wish I could experience the story for the first time through like this series with you know highly again kind of like you said just being shocked at everything that happens with every reveal with every right. scene with every death um I, yeah i, I wish i could watching a show where i know everything that's gonna happen you know what i'm saying like i can't mm-hmm. imagine that like that that goes to show you how good the game is though because people yeah know what's gonna happen after each episode even though there's little tiny teeny differences just to make it better for live action mm-hmm. but everyone so far there's only two episodes they might change it up knows what's going to happen they're going beat for beat so it's like that's that that goes to show you how amazing the show is being made and how good it is and how great the actors are because people know what's going to happen in it and they still want more they still want to watch it all over again they want to relive that experience of playing the game again yeah no for sure but no, it's great to, it's great to see a game getting just su- such mainstream love you know what i'm saying because there's so many great games out there that have never been loved you know by I guess the entire world, the way the entire world is loving The Last of Us right now, because you know the game is just great, but in the space in the space and medium of gaming, and there's nothing wrong with the space and medium of gaming. But I kind of love to see, you know, just I love to see amazing stories appreciated, and the more people appreciate the stories, no matter through what medium it is, the better it is overall for like, you know, the, the rest of the fandom, because then it's more people to join in on, on the conversations, you know, better conversations to have. And it's just exciting because you got more people to, you know, look forward to something with. And it feels good to have a video game adaption that's actually slamming. It's actually yeah, good. Finally, really, bro. really good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember one video game adaption that was good besides Sonic Part 2. I didn't even really like the first one. I just love the second one for some reason. I don't know why. Dude, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I am. I'm, I'm a sucker for the Sonic movies. I am. I love Jim Carrey so much. He Jim is so Carrey. good as Eggman. Jim Carrey was born to play Eggman. <laughs> Guy <laughs> is Eggman, bro. He's so good. Yeah. No, I love, I love, love, love the Sonic movies. That's like my guilty pleasure. I know a lot of people don't like those movies, but I like Sonic movies. Um, I really liked Sonic 2 as well. You got Knuckles in there, Tails. And now with Sonic 3, we got Shadow on the way super excited about that you know we also have a sonic 3 coming out as of right now it's coming out on the same day as avatar 3 so avatar 3 better watch out because you know i don't know if it's gonna make that crazy money with 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 it releasing on the same day as sonic 3 you know what i'm saying probably probably still i don't know it blew my mind i didn't think it was gonna hit 2 billion again now i'm playing i'm joking man (laughs) like bro avatar 3 it's going to freaking, it's going to explode the box office once again. I just don't understand. Like, I knew it was going to be big, is what I'm saying. I, I get it. It's Avatar. But I didn't think it was going to hit $2 billion again, like, one more time. You know what I mean? Dude, like, it just man. passed, uh, it just passed Infinity War. It just oh passed Infinity God. War. So, yeah, I, the fact that Avatar The Way of Water is one of, again, one of the highest grossing movies of all time, surpassed $2 billion. I think it's number five on the all-time highest grossing list. 
that is pretty insane because now you know not only do you have like the og avatar fans but you also have kind of like the newer generation of people that just got into avatar because everyone's talking about the way of water and it's you know success is kind of shaking the world in its own way but so not so now coming off of the success of the way of water we only have to wait two years until avatar 3 it's not like we have to wait another decade the way we did from the first Avatar movie to Avatar The Way of Water. They got these, they're cranking out these movies back to back to back. I understand. They're riding that $2 billion train. They're not going to let it simmer for 10 years like last time. Like, they're going right, right into another one. We're not going to wait that long. So it could, it could possibly make more. We don't even know. And, bro, this movie performed so well. And, like, the first movie didn't even lead into this. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the first movie ended on, like, a cliffhanger, then I would totally understand. But, like, this movie... Again, it's the its success is like it's freaking unprecedented. You know, we all th- knew it was gonna be successful to a certain degree, but holy cow! Like projections and it actually happening are two very different things. And now Avatar: The Way of Water, it kind of ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger, and now we know, you know that that movie clearly leads into Avatar three. So I think Avatar three is gonna do even bigger numbers in the way of water. And there now that we know. You know what's crazy? When we seen Avatar 2, my brother said, man, this reminds me a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender. There's a water tribe. There's probably going to be a fire tribe. There's probably mm-hmm. a wind tribe. And then we found out that Avatar 3 is going to be going to the fire Navi. Yep. So they're definitely, my boy definitely got some inspiration from The Last Airbender, which is my favorite cartoon, top three of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. And apparently I mean? the the fire navi tribe they're known as the ash people and they're actually going to be the villains of the movie so uh you know it's it, no one has come out and blatantly said that they're going to be like the main villains but one of the producers and i think james cameron said this as well they said that you know with the first two avatar movies they portray they showed bad humans and good navi but now with avatar 3 they're kind of going to flip the script and we're going to meet some bad Navi. And with them introducing the fire tribe known as the Ash people, I think those are going to be the bad Navi. So it's going to be dope to see like a Navi tribe going, a bad Navi tribe like going up people. against the water they tribe. Be red? Will they be red? That's a yeah. crazy question. You know what That'd I'm saying? Because fire, bro, if they're red. That'd be sick. Got some red people going yeah. around, bro. And they're like real angry. And they got crazy fire powers and dragons and shit. Fire Dude, that'd be sick. Yeah, that's the thing, bro. Fire might be better. Fire might be better than water. Now that bro, that, that's the thing is that like James Cameron built so much of this world and explored so much of this world in Avatar: The Way of Water, that like, dude, I'm excited to see like the fire world. You know what I'm saying? The fire world is gonna be freaking dope, man. Like it's the gonna creatures. Be very hard to, to to mess that up, bro. Those fire people, and you know they're gonna have those crazy ass boats, those fire boats. You know what I mean? If it's anything like if James Cameron don't want to admit it, I'll admit it for him. If it's anything like The Last Airbender and the way they did their fire tribe, it's going to be sick to see that. And like with those crazy 8K IMAX cameras and being in that world. For sure. So, you know, speaking of big movies, let's also talk about a little bit about Spider-Man No Way Home. Because Tobey Maguire himself recently did an interview with Marvel in celebration of Spider-Man No Way Home. And... Tobey Maguire said that he wants to return as Spider-Man. And if Marvel, you know, gave him a call, he would return in a heartbeat. So I'm going to read this specific quote. These are Toby's words, not mine. So Toby's in an interview with Marvel. Toby said, 
if these guys called me and said, would you show up to do this movie or read a scene or do a Spider-Man thing? It would be a yes. So Toby clearly wants to come back as Spider-Man. You know, seeing Toby in uh, Spot Return in No Way Home was like a freaking fever dream. You know, we all there there are certain moments with movies where we all just turn back into like a little five, six year old kid that, you know, saw everything through with kind of with rose colored glasses, just had just so much love for everything. And I feel like everyone had that same experience watching Toby walk out, walk out of that portal and return in No Way Home. And that movie is just, man, I love that movie so much. If you didn't already know. But yeah, it seems like Toby wants to return for more and he doesn't want this to be, you know, his final time coming back. So Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios, I'm looking at you. Sony Animation, I'm looking at you. There are so many different opportunities for Toby to come back. Mainly where all the signs are pointing towards Avengers Secret Wars. You know, that is going to be the movie where Marvel tries to outdo Endgame, which was the pinnacle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it was the highest grossing movie of all time until Avatar got released again. Um, So Secret Wars is going to be a freaking... I, I know some people don't want to hear it. Secret Wars is going to be a damn cameo fest. They're going to yeah. take out and pull every single character that they could possibly pull because this is the time to do it, you know? Like, yeah. this is the multiverse saga. And after this, you know, era in the MCU, we're going to move on to different things. We're going to move on to the mutants. We're going to move on to other storylines. So right now is the perfect point in time to bring back someone like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, to bring back Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Evans as Captain America, Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. Like, there are so many different opportunities. And with Marvel having the success that they had with No Way Home, I think they're truly gonna go they're truly gonna just go all in on something like Secret Wars and try to bring back anyone they can really. Especially after what's about to happen with the across the Spider-Verse and Sony and what what they're doing there. They're gonna put all their chips in one basket and just make it a cameo fest. Whether you whether we like it or not, yeah. they're just gonna slam like seven the, the whole catalog, the whole the whole kitchen sink is gonna go in that movie. And while I'm who's not gonna wanna see that, I kind of hope that they can find that balance that they did with Endgame. I, I don't doubt that they'll be able to do it because they did it before. They did it with Endgame. They did it with No Way Home. But to have that many characters in one movie, dude, somebody's going to get the shaft. Someone's not going to have a good art. Someone, you know what I mean? It, that's a lot of character. That's going to be really interesting to see. And plus, we got such a short period of time to build up to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it took us mm-hmm. a long-ass time to get Endgame. Like, it seems like Secret Wars is so close and far at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, Secret Wars comes out in uh, Secret Wars comes out in uh, three years, comes out May 1st, 2026. And even though it does feel like a a small amount of time, because it is, you know, for Endgame happened in three years ago. And now in another three years, we're going to be at the next Endgame level event. So even though it does, it is a short amount of time. um, We're getting so much more content than before, you know, with phase four alone, we got Phase four has, we got more content in phase four, like statistically speaking from like a runtime perspective, we got more content in phase four than we did for, for the entire phases one through three, the entire infinity saga combined. So we are getting so much content. And I think with phase five, that's why I think a movie like Ant-Man and the Wasp is Quantumania is so important because with phase five and 
you know, things are going to get amped up to another level with phase six. I think Marvel is really going to start to have that cohesion where every single project is leading into the next. And it's just this never ending hype train building up to Avengers, the Kang dynasty, which will then lead into Avengers Secret Wars. I feel like Ant-Man, like you said just now, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is like make or break for me personally. I'm talking myself. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, depending on how that movie goes and the way I'm imagining it being, is make or, make or break. If it makes it, I'm so, so excited. If it breaks it, I'm kind of like diminished a little bit. Because um, like, like you said, they went for quantity this time around. They really freaking just put out a, a bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff with the Disney Plus, with uh, the, yeah. the Marvel uh, shows and all that. And even like the, the Warners, the presentations like uh, Werewolf by Night and all those other presentations that came out. They put so much things out there that honestly, I think I think it's better to just focus on the, on the, on the story. And I think that's what they're doing because didn't they say that they were turning Armor, War- uh, Armor Wars? It was supposed to be a show. Now it's going to yep. be a movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it sounds to me like they want to go back kind of to that movie structure thing it sounds like to me which i hope they do because depending on how this movie goes if the tone hits right that serious tone that sets up shit and makes king the badass that we all want to see one of the things about phase four and i think this was the most important aspect of phase four was marvel reloading their universe you know marvel introduced so many different characters with phase four shang chi and all of the characters that come with him the eternals um Oh my gosh, my mind is blanking me right now. But you know, you Ms. also Marvel. have e- e- Echo, Miss Marvel, She Hulk, Moon Knight, like Daredevil. Uh, I mean, yeah, Daredevil as well. Um, Monica Rambeau. Like, there's so many different characters that Marvel reloaded their universe with with Phase Four. So now looking at Phase Five, Phase Five isn't really introducing any any more uh crazy characters if we're just going based off of the 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 title characters for these projects you know ant-man we've already met these characters secret invasion we're going back to fury guardians of the galaxy we're saying bye to these characters echo we met her in hawkeye loki season two it's obviously loki season two the marvels um ironheart we already met her in wakanda forever daredevil born again Agatha Coven of Chaos, Captain America New World Order, the Thunderbolts, all of these different title characters. And then, of course, you also have Blade in there, which we kind of, you know, Blade was in the post credits of Eternals. But out of all of these projects in Phase 5, all of these projects are focusing on characters we've already met. So it's not like, I feel like, again, Phase 4 was all about introducing characters and reloading their universe. It was a reload phase for Marvel. And now we're really going to start to fire and we're going to start to go on, you know, store. We're going we're gonna to start to go on adventures with these characters now that the universe is reloaded. And now it's going to all finally start to intertwine with each other. And again, we're going to continue to build, build, build to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. I think so too. And like you just said, like phase one was introductory. It was bringing all the characters in. Yep. We got Iron Man first. We got Captain yep. America first. We got Thor. You know what I mean? It was like a build. It just built people in the first phase. And then the second phase was kind of just fulfilling those stories and kind of bringing in characters a little bit. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're going to just follow that kind of same uh, formula, even though Kevin Feige, he doesn't got what uh, Kevin Feige said he don't got a formula, but I think, I think they're definitely going to follow suit with that in terms of bringing people in. And then the next phase is just like, all right, let's just fulfill now. Let's just keep telling these stories that we introduced. You know what I mean? and, 
and you know it's kind of just like marvel's structure when it comes to storytelling like right once we get past phase six phase seven what's the first thing they're going to do in phase seven? Oh yeah that's right the freaking mutants and the x-men so Absolutely. that'll be another reload phase for the mc where they introduce a ton of different mutants um and a ton of different spin-off projects for particular mutants um so yeah this is just marvel's marvel's way of outlining a, a multi multi-phase story so now with phase five man we got we're right around the corner to ant-man and the wasp quantumania the movie ended up getting the or the script for the movie ended up getting leaked on social media again i've been staying away from all that stuff i hope you guys are too because man i i would you know i would hate i would hate to like read let's say the script and then you know watch the movie knowing how, how everything's gonna play out the the sec the last most recent trailer that we got it did give away a lot from the movie. Like I took away a lot from that trailer and it, you know, they practically, you know, laid out the entire story of the movie, but I'm hoping there, there's some still some crazy reveals and I'm hoping to experience it all for the first time. You know, whenever the film hits theaters next month, we're right there. We're right around the corner. Phase five. I feel like it's going to be huge. Um, no, and no. I, I feel like there's a lot writing on Ant-Man right now. There's like, there's a lot writing on Ant-Man. You, you know, you got Kang. All of the marketing is focusing on Kang. He's the new face of the MCU. Yeah. I feel like this movie, this movie has to be huge for Marvel. It really does. Yeah. No, it, it really will, man. And whoever read that script leak, bro, I don't know how they had the willpower. I don't know. I don't know how they just gave in so so easily, man. When, when I heard it came out, I had like Kevin Feige in an angel costume telling me not to do it. And then I had James Gunn and like a demon costume telling me, just take a peek, just do it. Just scroll to the bottom, read the post credit scene. Um. But I, I can't, man. There's no way. I'm, there's too much hype in this movie. I'm not going to spoil it by reading text and read a book. I don't read books in general, but now I want to read a script. You know what I mean? Like, I just know yeah. I'm going to do it. We got to stay sober. We got to stay, stay sober from the spoilers. Now, I, after talking about Marvel, we're going to talk about Marvel later on as well. But now let's talk about DC because DC finally decided to start marketing Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which comes out in two months. And we got a new trailer for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. It's about damn time Warner Brothers starts marketing this movie because it's two months away and March is such a stacked month. You got Dungeons and Dragons. You got Creed 3. You got John Wick 4. These are just off the top of my head. I know there's some other movies coming out in March, but yeah, we got a new trailer for Shazam Fury of the Gods. Gio, did you get the chance to check it out? I seen the new trailer, man, and I love Shazam so much. That's a movie that we all went to and like we didn't really, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't this big thing that we was excited for because for me i'm not i wasn't into the comics of shazam i barely knew who he was the only way i knew about him was from the mortal kombat dc crossover games that's how i found out about him and um so when i seen he was getting a movie i was like eh. you know what i mean i was like dc wasn't what was already missing for me too they already disappointed me with the uh, batman and all these movies i was so excited for uh versus superman and uh, even though wonder woman was amazing um so when Shazam came out, I was like, nah, you know what I mean? But then I went in to see it. Bro, what a freaking good movie. It's big with superpowers. It's yep. big with superpowers. Mm -hmm. uh, what an amazing idea for a movie. I love, I love the story. I love the, the, the concept. I love the art. Like when to go in a movie that you have zero hope for and for it to be that good, like Shazam, nobody talks about Shazam. It was really, really good. Like really good. It was funny. It had a, a great, great story. It was it had the emotions too. Uh, it had a fantastic villain. I forgot the actor's name, but the villain was fire. It's great villain. You know what I mean? It it was really good movie. So I'm really excited to see what they do with part two. And I hope 
that they don't write him off, man. I hope that he just gets his own story and gets his own life. You know what I mean? I hate, mm-hmm. I hate to hear the things that, that he might get right off and it's reboot from here. Let him just do his own thing in his own little world. Cause he's a great character. I love the guy who plays him and mm-hmm. I'm freaking pumped. I'm definitely going to see part two. Cause I love the first one. Yeah, no. So I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, when it comes to, I guess, the future of the character, that's something we don't really know about. And this has been a huge topic of conversation when it comes to a movie like Shazam, because I've been seeing just a lot of the, the sentiment of like, yo, why would we go watch this movie? It's pointless because, you know, Shazam is going to get rebooted anyway. But, you know, when did, a, when did a character have to have a future in order for us to go watch a movie and spend time with the character? You know what I'm saying? I never watched the OG Fantastic Four movie or the Toby movies to like, think about a potential future no i just wanted to go and have fun with these characters for two hours and if guess what if shazam if shazam makes a lot of money at the box office then guess what we are going to see more more shazam in the future everything when it comes to dc their future is dependent on the money that is made from their movies plain and simple guess what black adam once had a future and then the film did not perform well at the box office and that changed henry cavill's superman he, he, he once upon a time had a future, but, you know, Batman versus Superman didn't perform the way Warner Brothers wanted it to. Justice League was obviously an abomination, and that wasn't necessarily because of the quality of the movie. It was more so the, ma- the mismanagement of Warner Brothers, of the entire property by Warner Brothers. So now when it comes to the future of Shazam, if this movie makes a billion dollars at the box office, then guess what? I guarantee you that they are going to make the changes they need to make. And and make sure Shazam has a future in this universe. Now, um, even if that's not the case, I'm still looking forward to going and going and uh spending time with Shazam come March with with this movie. I think this the, the, you know this movie is such a step up from the first film in so many different ways. You know, not only do we have three main villains who are all played by very talented actresses, you have Rachel Zegler. You have Lucy Liu, you have freaking Helen Mirren, and all three of them, they're like the daughters of Atlas. I believe that's their that, that's like their name in this film. They're the daughters of Atlas. And then on top of that, you have an entire movie that is focused on the Shazam family. So the first movie kind of focused on Billy and his story and his kind of like coming of age and, and you know, learning how to use these powers for good. And now we have an entire movie that's set on the Shazam family where they're all kind of going through the same thing. Now they all have powers. Now they're all superheroes. And I'm interested to see, um, I guess, more of the family dynamic. Not now that they're all, you know, superheroes working together. And then they're also kids who have their own lives and they're all growing up in their own way. So I'm super, I'm super excited. You know, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like losing sleep over this movie. But no, like what? when it comes I mean, out, I'm gonna be we're gonna, there. We're you gonna freaking watch it. It's an excuse to go to movie theaters, put the recliner back, eat some popcorns, dip a nacho chip and a little cheese with a little jalapeno, and say, "Hey, I'm having a good time." And that's exactly what this is. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with movies that you just go to the movies to see. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, well, you know, when, when when Tom Cruise made a movie, when uh, uh, Leonardo made a movie, when these guys were making movies back in the day, we wasn't like, "Oh man, I hope they make a Titanic too." Like. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just go to a movie and just see the movie and that's it. And I agree. At the end of the day, we control what the studios do. We're in charge of what they make, who's coming yeah. back, who's not. Uh, especially with uh, Twitter and all these social medias nowadays, it's not even just money. You know, a lot of people was freaking out about the Snyder Cut, even though it performed horribly. And enough people drove Warner Brothers so crazy 
that they were like, all right, we can probably make a little bit of money on this. Let's just let's just give the fans what they want. Let's just make the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. And the freaking Snyder Cut was sick. It's the only four and a half hour movie I sat on my ass for four and a half hours. My whole body went numb. I went paralyzed from that movie because I sat on my ass for so long. I had to shit. I had to pee. I would not leave my chair because the movie was sick. And mm-hmm. it was worth it. So sometimes at the end of the day, just go in and see a freaking movie, man. It don't got to set up. It don't got to connect. It don't got to do any of that. Sometimes exactly. it's better to just go see a freaking movie and just enjoy it. And yeah. I'm really excited about the family, too. They got a lot more characters this time around, man. It was just yeah, no. Buddy and his friend. Now it's all the kids. So all the we might love someone else more this time around because there's so many more characters coming in. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, and this see another thing you know that the trailer gave away because kind of similar to the Ant-Man trailer, this this trailer for Shazam, for Shazam gave away so much about this damn movie. Like it gave away a lot. So one of the things that this trailer gave away, which which excites me, is that this movie is going to exercise a common trope that we see exercised amongst superhero movie sequels. Whereas, like in the first movie, you, it usually tends to be an origin movie where a hero gets his powers and or her gets her powers and you know they think it's cool again they're they're just they were once a regular person and now they have superpowers and now they think it's super cool and they're learning how to become a hero and then in the second movie they realize that being a hero isn't all sunshine and rainbows and there's consequences that come with being a hero so that is going to be a trope that is explored in this movie i think you know one of the lines one of the lines from the trailers it was shazam uh, telling the wizard that gave him his powers, you know, you gave me these powers, you can take them back. And yeah, that, that, that right there tells me everything I need to know that this is, you know, kind of in a similar way to the, to the Sam Raimi movies. The first movie, it was Peter. He got his powers. He became Spider-Man. Boom. Then in the second movie, it was all about Peter literally, literally having his life ruined because of him being Spider-Man. So I think we're going to see something Similar, you know, not as severe or as serious as Spider-Man 2. But that same trope is going to be exercised in this movie where now Billy, who's still a kid, he's still a high school kid. Now he's having to deal with the consequences that come with being a hero. And I think it's super interesting because he doesn't have to deal with those consequences alone. He has to deal with those consequences alongside the rest of his family. And that's something I don't think we see. I think we need to see more of that in superhero movies. Um... And I can't, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see that part of this story explored. And then on the flip side of things, you also have the action side, which in this trailer, we saw like Man of Steel level destruction to this city. We saw Shazam fighting a freaking dragon, which was epic. Like, I wish we got like a Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot where she's fighting creatures like this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm that's sorry on Wonder Woman, man. Don't even get me started. I can talk about Wonder Woman for hours. I'm so hurt about her. So hurt about her second film. I'm so hurt. And I love Gal Gadot so much. She's a real life goddess. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the way, like, the woman just walks on talk shows, the way her act. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with Gal Gadot. So to see that, to hear that she might not come back and to to watch that second movie, which was like, how how did so much change? Like, how did this movie get so much worse than the first one? It killed yeah. me, man, because yeah. I could honestly say with all my heart that Gal Gadot was my favorite female superhero on screen of all time. Number one. I, I, I can really say that from the bottom of my heart. There's, there was a lot of female superhero movies. She's my number one. I don't, I don't think there was a better female superhero movie. Monica Rambeau. That's all I'm going to say. 
watch. We're going to see Monica shine in the Marvels. Trust me on that. But <laughs> yeah, so look, in regards to DC's future, we're going to get some updates. Look, on the next episode of this show, guys, we're going to be talking about the future of DC because we are getting some updates this week. It's either going to be on the 30th or the 31st where we get some updates on the future of DC. James Gunn has promised us some announcements. And this week, we are getting some new announcements. So finally, as fans, we've been in such an uncertain spot. Um, but now we're going to get some certainty. We're going to get some insight on what the future is going to look like because DC has had a pretty crazy couple of months to say the least. But now moving on to our fourth and final topic of today's show. I was just thinking about this today and I thought to add it to the show list because I thought it would be a great conversation. Gio, what is the most shocking reveal or moment in the MCU? That answer is pretty obvious. It's always going to be number one, Andrew and Toby. It's always going to be number one. That was the one where you see it across the world. You see it on news broadcasts. You see movie theaters going crazy. That's the one that made movie theater employees hate their life and hate their job. Best reveal of all time. Um, but if I had to pretend like that didn't happen, it was impossible. Uh, it would probably be the post credit scene in Ant-Man Part 2. That shit freaking, that gave me goosebumps, man. That post credit scene, it just caught me so off guard because it was such a wholesome, friendly little movie that, that you know what I mean? No one really thought much of. We were just watching it in anticipation for uh, Endgame. So when we seen that, it was like, oh shit, it was like, it blew me away. I, that's, that's my second favorite post credit scene or reveal of all time. So, like, my response to that, respect those answers. Um, when it comes to Toby and Andrew showing up, that was one of the greatest moments in cinematic history. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in, like, the most shocking moments in the MCU. Like, when I saw that happened, you know, going into No Way Home, we all kind of expected Toby and Andrew to show up already. So that's why I wouldn't put it as like the most, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put that moment in the conversation as like the most shocking or one of the most shocking reveals in the MCU. Now I have a list of certain moments that I, I remember like the exact moment when they happened and exactly how I felt when this particular reveal happened in a Marvel movie. The first is when Red Skull was revealed in Avengers Infinity War. First of all, the execution of this scene was perfect. The way Red Skull just, you know, there's this mysterious figure floating uh, and Thanos and Gamora are approaching this figure because they're guarding the soul stone. And then from the shadows, you see the red face emerge with the hood on. And, you know, Infinity War already had so much going on that there was no human being on this planet that was thinking, yo, is Marvel going to bring back a Red Skull from Captain America, the first Avenger that happened freaking 10 years ago. No one was thinking that about that, but that then it happened. And I remember like when, when he, like when you see the red come out of like the dark shadows, I was like, I, my jaw dropped, dude. I, I was, that was such a, like, that was such a vivid memory because I was just like, my jaw was on the floor already. Again, like I said, everything, so there was so much going on in infinity war, but the fact that they snuck that in there was freaking insane yeah, now that was pretty sick look another moment and it better I, be this, better be what i'm thinking about with that shirt on right now no 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 look i got i got and and we'll talk about we'll talk about you know a little cat moment as well you know uh but i have i have three more moments i want to talk about 
the next, which I think this is either equivalent or right under the Red School scene. But, dude, it's the reveal in Homecoming where Vulture is Liz's dad. Like, we get this super wholesome montage of Peter getting ready to take um Liz to, to Homecoming. And it's, like, super wholesome. And we have, like, this super upbeat music. And then Peter approaches the door and he rings the doorbell and then literally a hard cut as freaking michael keaton's vulture opens up the door and i remember when i watched this for the first time i was thinking dude did he capture like did he capture liz like is liz in trouble but no you quickly realize that he's just her dad and that was such a crazy reveal my theater i remember my theater just jaws on the floor jaws on the floor all over my theater and uh yeah, that was just such a great reveal that I didn't expect. And it, it again, it took a turn for the better because then we got the, the car scene. Moment, that freaking moment, bro, when they're in the car and it's just Insane. so intense. Everything they're saying is, is is like subliminal messages to each other and she doesn't even know what's going on. Bro, I was shitting myself. <laughs> when that guy opened the door, I, can't, like, that was, I totally forgot about that. That was crazy. My theater was... <gasps> they're making all kinds of sound effects. They didn't know how to feel. You know what I mean? We didn't know what... How? Like, that was the most, I think that was the most gotcha moment Marvel probably ever had. Like, no one was expecting that. I can honestly say no one said he's probably his dad. No one thought that shit. That was crazy. Dude, yeah. Shout out to John Watts. Like, that car scene, the way the tension, you were, like, sinking in your seat as a fan. You were like, oh, my God. Liz is, like, outing him, pretty pretty much outing him as Spider-Man. And, you know, you see Michael Keaton's, uh, you know, you see Adrian Toomes kind of, like, realizing it. And he's giving Peter these, like, dirty looks in the mirror. And you're just like... In your head, you're like, Liz, shut up. But then it's all happening and it's like all super subliminal. But yeah, dude, that scene is fire. I love that scene so much. Um, I love I love Homecoming. I really like Homecoming. So look, next we got Thanos snapping. At this point in time, this was unprecedented. We never, you know, we never expected or have seen the Avengers really truly lose. You know, we've seen the Avengers get knocked down before. It happened in the first Avengers movie. It happened in the second Avengers movie. And going into Infinity War, you know, a lot of us, uh, we knew Avengers 4. Uh, we knew that Infinity War was filmed back to back with Avengers 4. But a lot of us were wondering, yo, is Thanos even the villain of Avengers 4? Because if the Avengers defeat Thanos in Infinity War, then, you know, who's going to be the big battle of Avengers 4? And at that point in time, you know, there, that was a huge topic of conversation. There was people bringing up Annihilus. There was people bringing up Kang. There was pre people even bringing back, uh, bringing up Ultron. Um, like people were bringing up like, yo, could Ultron come back? Um, so there was the, the villain of Avengers 4 was a huge topic of conversation at the time because, you know, we hadn't seen Infinity War and we thought, Oh, okay. So this is gonna be, you know, a really big Marvel movie that uh where the Avengers finally go up against Thanos, and then that is going to lead into an even bigger Marvel movie that we know nothing about. But that wasn't the case. Thanos showed up, and Finny War was his movie, and he completely wrecked shop, and the movie and the movie ended. And it was shocking because you know, throughout the entire and when it comes to Marvel movies, again, usually we see the heroes lose at some point in the second act and then they come back. But with this one, it was like they lost and then the credits rolled and you're just like, whoa, dude, Spider-Man just died. What the hell? Uh, like that was I would say that was again, that's that's in the conversation. The Avengers finally lost. Marvel that's, stuck to that ending. And, and Infinity War, Infinity War is the people, best Marvel movie. That's why a lot of people put that movie in their number one MCU Marvel movie of all time, because. 
It was the only movie that had the balls to say, nah, let's just look. It was like a comic. It was like finishing a comic and it just ends. And there's no like, you know what I mean? That's what it was. It just freaking ended and they're dead. That's it. That's what, I, that's what caught everyone off guard was that amazing ending and the, the serious tones of it and how serious it was. Mm-hmm. And it was so good, man. Yeah, that feeling about, of just seeing anymore. Peter die and crying like that, bro. And just freaking out. I don't want to die. Bro, Mr. Stark. I was, up. I was tearing up, bro. I felt so bad for the guy. Look, and then the final moment I want to bring up when it comes to this conversation is Thor arriving in Wakanda. I don't know why. Like, I just did not expect Thor. Like, when the Bifrost hit the floor in Wakanda, I just did not expect it to be Thor. It was only until Stormbreaker came out, and I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. Because throughout Infinity War, you're following so many different groups of characters. You're following, you know, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Mantis. Um, Then you're following Thor, Rocket, and Groot. Then you're also following Tony Stark, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange. Then you're also following, you know, Captain America, Black Panther, Vision, Wanda, that whole crew. And then you're also following Thanos as well. So Infinity War, you're jumping around so many different times. And, you know, throughout throughout the entire movie, you're not really thinking like, yo, is Thor going to show up on Titan? Is he going to show up here? You're not really thinking about that. You're kind of just watching the characters go on their adventure as they're experiencing it. And uh, yeah, when when Thor finally arrived in Wakanda and the, you had the Avengers movie, uh, the Avengers music blasting at like the maximum volume. And then you see Thor really, truly power up. And we see the most powerful version of Thor we've ever seen. And he just drops the hammer and he delivers that line in perfect fashion. Bring me Thanos. That was the moment where you're finally given hope because throughout this entire movie, Thanos is just wrecking shop. And then Thor shows up out of nowhere and has this amazing moment. And you're just like, oh yeah, we back. Thanos, what's up now? What's up now? And then, the, you know, they still lost, but that was such an awesome moment now. And I would put it on the conversation of like some of the most shocking moments in the MCU. It set up one of the funniest MCU jokes too. The next one where he goes for the head, but it doesn't matter anymore. Where he kills him, he takes off Thanos' head, but it don't even really matter anymore. Yeah. That was a crazy setup for that too, which no one was expecting. No one, that was another moment too. No one was expecting that. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. No one uh-huh. in the world was thinking, oh, they're probably going to cut his head off in the next one. You know what I mean? That was like, oh, shit. That was an oh, shit moment. But oh, uh, yeah. one moment you didn't bring up, I, I was for sure he was going to do it. I was for sure he was going to do it. When Cap got the... Come on, man. That was one of the best moments ever, bro. But, yeah. dude, I expected that. You know what I'm saying? No way. Dude, I didn't expect swear to God, that. Look, no I am not joking, Gio. You guys can go, like, proof is on my YouTube channel. You guys can go to my Avengers Endgame Theory videos earlier on on my YouTube channel. The proof is there. One of my predictions going into Endgame, I said, Cap is going to wield Thor time. Cap is going to wield Mjolnir. Cap is going to wield Mjolnir. Like, I said that so many different times. Like, we, I had so many different theories. You know, Tony Stark wielding the Infinity Gauntlet was another one of them. Um... Yeah, like that was that was a big thing that a lot of people wanted to see. So when it happened, again, similar to Toby and Andrew, I wasn't really I wasn't really like shocked. Like I wasn't really caught off guard because going into the film, I I already thought that that was a huge possibility for it to happen. Now, all of the other moments I just described, like zero possibility, like going into these movies, 
zero possibility of these things happening. And that's why I was so shocked by it. But when it comes to cap lifting Thor's hammer, obviously that's one of the best moments in the MCU. Obviously that was such a fantastic moment in Avengers Endgame. And obviously I lost my mind and I went crazy. But again, there was also a part of me that was like always expecting that to happen. But when it actually happened, it was still just as sweet as, you know, as it as the way it happened in my dreams. <laughs> Bro. That moment, freaking, I, I, I was soaked, for lack of better words. I was freaking soaked when that happened, bro, because it was like, it caught me off guard. I wasn't theorizing or, um, or, or guessing anything with this movie. Like, with Endgame, I was just so like, what the F is going to happen? You know what <laughs> I mean? I wasn't, I, I didn't know any possibilities or Easter eggs. I wasn't um, getting that uh, kind of information at the time. I was just, I was just like, oh my God, what are they going to do? And then when the trailer dropped, yeah. like the tra- Infinity War should no Endgame's trailer should be an example for every movie trailer ever. Every movie trailer in the world should be modeled as the Avengers Endgame trailer, where it tells you nothing but gives you everything you need to know and excited to get into the movie. The trailers yeah. are giving away too much. We're, we talked about it last one. You talked about it just now. On yeah. This one, and I'm bringing it up again. Let's make a freaking movement or something, man. Let's change the way these production companies are making trailers, bro. They're giving away too much shit. There's so many trailers that I didn't even, I seen so much trailer, like, I don't even want to see the movie anymore because I know how it's going to go. And, and then it ended up going the way I thought it was going to go because they show way too much, man. They got to freaking pump the brakes and tease us more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, let's make trailers uh, less revealing, more mysterious. Um, and let's make movie posters great again. Let's make yeah, movie man. posters great again. Um, let's, less, let's, less floating let's, head posters, please. Let's slow down on the floating head. Floating heads can stay. They don't gotta <laughs> leave. They don't gotta <laughs> die. Bro, the thing is that I, dude, movie posters float. should be art. Movie yeah, posters should 100%. be art. I mean, there's so many amazing movie arts that that I want to hang on my wall. Yeah, floating head is like a movie standard. You know what I mean? So you can see all the A lists that that are gonna be in the movie. Mm-hmm. But you know the floating heads don't gotta die. They just gotta simmer them down a little bit. Like floating heads should only be in the movie theaters when you're walking in to see an upcoming show that's coming out, and you want to yeah. know who's in it. That's it. It should never. It should never leave that. It should never hit the internet. It should never go past that because it's just like we're tired of it. Give us better movie posters and give us better movie trailers. By better, we don't need better quality. We don't need fancier storytelling. We don't need better effects. How about this? Give us a movie trailer with no effects in it. Give us a movie trailer. Just give us a movie trailer that teases us, man. Like, bro, in the 80s, the trailers were so simple. One boy, an alien, E.T. in theater, so-so, so-so. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't say, you know, a phone home. Like, you didn't see any of that shit in the trailer. Like, no, it didn't even make sense. Like, you didn't, there wasn't the Easter eggs, nothing connected. It was just like, there's a man in a world coming out. Go see it. People went and see it. People were making a lot of money back then. So why can't we just go back to that? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Too much, Matt. They're giving us too much, Matt. They're ruining. We, we have to intervene. I'm gonna. It's that's the thing. I'm. I'm just gonna make my own movie myself, or movies myself. And then when the posters are nasty, when the trailers are mysterious and don't give away the entire movie, then we can hop on this podcast for episode, you know, a thousand or episode whichever episode we're on by the time <laughs> that all happens and comes to fruition. And um, we will be like, guys, go back to episode seven of the Let's Go show. And we're going to say, we told you. Yeah. 
No. We got to make some kind of movement. Until until that gets made, we should do something in, in, in the meantime. I've seen so many fan trailers that are better than the actual trailers that come out, though. So many. YouTube's killing it with the fan trailers right now. Those guys need jobs. Take Whoever's in business right now in Hollywood, God bless you. Keep doing your thing. I hope you keep making money. Keep your job forever. But you guys got to gotta learn something from these little YouTube kids that are just hanging out in their house like me on their iPad, putting out bangers, bro. These trailers are great. Better than the ones that are coming out. They're revealing too much shit, man. They're, and they're posters. Right. And posters, like there's yeah. so many different uh, yeah. graphics. What about No Way Home Time? What about No Way Home Time? No Way Home is the best example. What was, what was, the, cow, yeah. what was the first posters that came out? They were trash, bro. They Dude, were yeah. trash. They yeah, were there, was only, there was only one No Way Home poster that was really good. And it was literally just a simple poster of uh, Tom's when it's raining, man. It was, wait, what? When it's in the rain, when he's sitting on the Yeah, yeah, the where he's just sitting the in the rain poster. looking at a billboard. Yeah. I want him in the house. It's, it's the best. Yeah, but, that's the best one. Like, you have you have the best characters in the world, the best premise that in the world. Why was it so hard to make a decent poster at that time? I remember at that time there was fan posters that were I I could have sworn were real. I did not. I, for days I would think it was a real thing until I would show my brother and be like, "No, that's somebody made that. It's not even real, bro." Get these guys a job, man. Let them take over. The fans know what's up, man. We're, look, we're the ones watching the things. Let us let us get involved. You know what I mean? Look, I have hope. I have hope. Okay, I have hope that things will get better. That will. Get... In the grand scheme of things, look. In the grand scheme of things, as long as the movie's good, I don't give a shit about the poster. You know what I'm saying? No, no way home. No, no way home is one of my favorite movies of all time. The posters were shit. No one cares. No, you know. No. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't like, so, look. look it doesn't at the end of the day, if the movie's good, if the movie's good, who cares about the trailer? Who cares about the poster? It Again, don't hurt. Yeah, the they movie. they matter. The trailer and the poster matter, but. If the movie's good, all can be forgiven. It don't hurt the quality. It doesn't hurt the quality. The quality still, it doesn't diminish it at all. It just changes how hard the story impacts. That's all I'm saying. It just don't Facts. hit as hard when you know everything. You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. Like the best, the best example, Matt, every time you go to a movie with somebody, don't tell me you haven't did this one time where you're like, this guy, this guy, he's a bad guy. And then this is going to happen and he's going to die. You know why you did that? Because you watched the trailer and you put two and two together before you see the movie. You know what I mean? I, I miss that mystery. Like, bro, what the F is going on here? I don't know what's going on. Pass me the popcorn. I'm shitting my pants. I miss that shit, man. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I see what you're saying. But yeah, guys, let us know what you think about, you know, everything we've talked about on today's episode. Let us know what you think about The Last of Us getting renewed for a season two. Toby Maguire. Let us know if you want to see him come back as Spider-Man. I think I already know the answer to that. Um, let us know what you think. What are your thoughts on the new Shazam, uh, the new trailer for Shazam: Fury of the Gods? Are you guys hyped for that movie? Let us know what are, what are you most excited What are you most excited to see? And if you're not hyped for the movie, let us know why. And then finally, our final main topic, which was what is the most shocking reveal slash moment in the MCU? Let us all know in the comment section down below or across our social media channels. We'd love to we love to engage with you guys. So. Again, thank you guys for tuning into episode seven of the Let's Go Show. New episodes drop every Saturday. So we'll see you guys next Saturday for episode eight. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you guys 3000 and we'll see you guys next Saturday. Let's